What's happening, you sweet, sweet baby weirdos? What's happening? Wow. What's happening, you sweet, sweet baby weirdos? This is We Made It Weird. Confused? We'll get used to it. It's only been 75 episodes. That's so true. This is 75. 75. So it's like normal, like Wednesday, guesty. Friday bestie. Aww. Uh, I was going to say testy. I'm so glad you said bestie. <laughs> this is the Pete and Val check-in, y'all. And we are. this was a good one. This was a good one. I mean, we like them all, but this one was very fun for me. And, and uh, <laughs> uh, Largo, March 25th. The last one was incredible. Talk a little bit about that. Megan Stalter, Rory Scovel, Mo Welch. Incredible show. Uh, that's my only stand-up date right now. Largo-LA.com. Hopefully some weirdos will be out there. And if you like the show, uh, maybe try a Pete's Pick. It's a great way to show your support. And I couldn't be more excited about the newest Pete's Pick. This is the first first week we're running this, Is but you've heard me talk about this for months, is the Cold Plunge. I am stoked to be working with the Cold Plunge, and I couldn't be happier that today was the day we're running the first ad because I woke up. And this keeps happening to me. I wake up sometimes and I'm just behind the eight ball. I I can't get it right. Everything is pinched. Everything is wrong. And everything irritates me. And there is nothing that I have found that will reverse that. That do, do a complete 180 on your mood, on your outlook on life, and on your productivity, your creativity, your focus. Everything that you need. Then taking, it takes two minutes, a cold plunge in the cold plunge. It is hands down the best part of my day. I start it, uh, I start every morning by taking a three minute cold plunge. Even if it's raining, I'll jump in the cold plunge. That's how much I love it. Uh, I've done, I did a lot of research into which is the best cold plunge and the cold plunge at thecoldplunge.com far and away is the best one. So many of them look like coffins. They look frightening. They're not handsome. They're not beautiful. This is a modern, sleek, white tub with clean lines. It's like a nice accent to our backyard. Doesn't take up too much space. Doesn't cost a lot to maintain. It costs about a dollar a day to keep it really cold. I keep mine at 39 degrees, which is very cold. It's also important to me. I'm six foot six and I fit in this tub. In fact, the people that made it, one of the founders, John, is also six foot six. So he made it with tall people in mind. Nothing has improved every single area of my life quite like the cold plunge. Like I said, my health, it's incredible for your immunity. It's incredible for your metabolism. It speeds up your metabolism. But the main thing for me is my mood. It is an incredible mood stabilizer and a mood enhancer. It it elevator. It just makes me feel this high, happy, tingly, joyful feeling in my head and my chest for literally four to six hours. I've timed it. I'm like, when does that wear off? Usually when I'm coming home from work is when I'm noticing that the that the boost that I get from just two minutes in the tub, two to three minutes, can can have on my mood. It is incredible. It's the only thing that I found that can turn around a bad day in three minutes. Like this morning, I woke up, a grouch, got in the tub, got out, listen to my voice now. I'm thrilled to be alive right now. And it is because I shocked my system and flooded it with so much life and vitality. It is like a forced meditation. It's the most present you'll be all day. And you get so much better at it so quickly. Meaning the first time I got in, 
I think I had it set to 60 and I was cold. I was cold. I was like, this, this is, this is intense. The second day I didn't, I didn't have any of those symptoms. My body just jumped to the serene feeling. Usually it takes about 90 seconds to like stabilize and get used to it. But on the second day, we're looking at like 30, 45 seconds in, completely zen and still and calm. And then your brain starts producing those feel-good chemicals that, like I said, it's like it makes your blood reverse directions. If everything's not going your way, three minutes in, you get out, do some sun salutations outside because you can keep it outside. It's beautiful. And you start your day anew. It is a huge, huge, huge uh, improvement to my life. And now when I get in, I've been doing it for months now. It doesn't even register as cold. I know that sounds insane. It doesn't register as, as cold. It feels like life and vitality because my brain has made that association. Perfect way to start the day. And sometimes I do it twice a day. Sometimes I'll do it at night because it will improve my sleep and help me sort of wash off the day. I always say, let your body solve what mind can't. And the cold plunge is an excellent and very fast way to let the body solve what mind can't. So the plunge is incredible. They are now a sponsor of the podcast. I'm so thrilled to be working with them. Go to thecoldplunge.com. That's easy to remember, thecoldplunge.com, and enter promo code WEIRD at checkout, not only for your discount, but to show your support of this podcast, which means so much. That's thecoldplunge.com, promo code WEIRD at checkout to show your support of the podcast and to get a discount. Speaking of products that have absolutely changed my life, the Apollo Neuro, you guys. I am in love with my Apollo Neuro. I've probably turned more people on to the Apollo than any other product in my life because I wear it on my wrist and people are always asking me what it is. It's not a watch. I wear it on the inside of my uh, my wrist like Johnny Depp might wear a watch, like an antique watch. I wear my Apollo Neuro. It is a wearable tech that helps your body recover from stress. It has settings to help you relax, to fall asleep, to fall back asleep if you're sleep training your baby like I am, which is you know, tricky, and I get back in bed and I push the button on my Apollo and it literally lulls me back to sleep after I lulled my daughter back to sleep. Focus, which is the setting I keep it on when I'm doing stand-up. Social is a great, social and open is an incredible setting that helps you ease into social situations. I always say this, if the Apollo did one of the things that it does, it would be a great Pete's pick. If it helped you wake up in the morning, if it helped you socialize, if it helped you focus, if it helped you recover after a stressful situation, if it helped you meditate, if it helped you relax and unwind, and if it helped you fall asleep, if it did one of those things, it would be incredible. But it does all of those things. You sync it with the app on your phone, it uses Bluetooth, and you can pick your need. It's like finding the, uh, the fuse box on your, on your nervous system. It uses, uh, it's like a wearable hug using touch therapy to help you feel safe and in control. So there's a language to your nervous system and the Apollo sort of hacks that language and speaks directly to it using these subperceptual vibrations on your wrist or on your ankle, delivering soothing, gentle vibrations that train your nervous system to recover and rebalance after stress. It actually trains the nervous system to cope with stress better over time, meaning the more you use it, the better it works. And it was developed by my friend, Dr. David Rabin, 
who is a uh, neuroscientist and a board-certified psychiatrist. The two of them were studying the impacts of chronic stress in humans for nearly 15 years. I always point out that this is not a woo-woo product. This is a hard science product. Apollo's effects on stress, sleep, cognitive performance, and recovery have been proven in multiple clinical trials and real-world studies. They have some new exciting research coming out specifically about cognitive performance, which I'm excited to share with you when it's published. And you can get 10% off and show your support of this podcast, which means so much to us, by going to apolloneuro.com slash weird. They also have some new colors, I'd like to point out. They have a, a snow color, which is like a cool white color. I have the uh, the black stealth color, which I like quite a bit. So 10% off at apolloneuro.com slash weird and improve your energy, improve your focus, improve your uh, recovery time after a workout or a stressful meal with your parents, fall asleep faster, relax at night, focus, meditate. It is incredible. And so many weirdos have been trying it. And that makes me so happy because it's improved both Val and my life so much. And I'm glad to be getting the word out for Apollo. Last but not least, talking about how much we rely on devices, it's really easy with all of the tech that we have in our lives, it's really easy to overlook and forget about the hardware we are born with, like the ear. Same as fingerprints, no two ears are exactly alike, and that's why earbuds, if you're like me, probably cause you some discomfort or even physical pain after a while. Enter the Ultimate Ears Fits, true wireless, custom fit earbuds from Ultimate Ears. They are here to change all of that. When I say custom, I don't mean they come with like three little dots that you can put on the end. That's usually what custom means. I'm talking about these things come out with a moldable plastic on the end. You put it in your ear, you sync it to the app, and like a purple blue light warms up. Are you listening to this? This is crazy. It warms up the plastic and fills in your ear. So what happens at the end of like a minute, 60 seconds, you have a a molded custom fit earbud that if you're like me, absolutely no discomfort, even if you wear them making calls, uh, working out, listening to podcasts like this one for hours and hours and hours. It always sounds great and it always feels fantastic. You get a guaranteed perfect fit in 60 seconds. Ultimate Ears Fits will stay put when you're on the go. I wear them on the treadmill, no problem, and feel ultra ultra comfortable so you can wear them all day long without pain or discomfort. I mean, what are the chances that like the factory standard is going to fit you perfectly? No, two ears are the same, so you got to get it. It used to be you'd have to go in and, and get like a, a crazy consultation and pay a fortune, but now you can get this wonderful comfort with eight hours of continuous playback on a single charge and up to 20 hours with the charging case all at home all super super easy if you try fits and don't love them as much as i do no worries ultimate ears offers a 30-day money-back guarantee plus you'll get free shipping free returns and a one-year warranty I also want to point out that they sound amazing. They're engineered to provide a full warm sound with a tight, punchy low end. And you can set custom EQ presets through the app as well. Play, pause, and answer calls with the built-in control. Or use the free app to set custom actions like voice assistant, volume adjustment, and more. So stop suffering. If you're listening to this podcast in earbuds that aren't Ultimate Ears Fits, you don't know what you're missing. Get some more comfort into your life and show your support of this podcast. 
Go to ue.com slash fits and use promo code weird. So use promo code weird at ue.com slash fits to get your pair of UE fits for just 199 bucks. That's ue.com slash fits promo code weird. And this is it. This is 75. Hope to see you at Largo. Enjoy this chat. Valerie? Get into it. Heck yeah. Hello. Hello. Have you ever gone to the beach and just checked out butts? I mean, we're all doing it. (laughs) We're all doing it. I just want to see. I've said this before and I'll say it again. I know know what you're going to say. I just want to see everybody's butt. Everybody's butt. I truly want to see everybody's everybody's butt. Everybody's butt. Because they vary so much. We went to the party where people showed butts. I know. It was a well, great you party. actually got. I think we've talked about it on this podcast we before probably, yeah. because we it probably was talked about so it epic. Just forget it. Just forget it. But it was you got to choose what part of your body you wanted to show, <laughs> and you got to choose we what are hippies. <laughs> this night was a hippie night. We're not always hippies. Um, uh, but we got but. to choose. But we got to choose what part of our body we wanted to show and how we wanted everybody to, to react. react. That's right. It was, it was very, very healing. Very beautiful. Very yeah. healing. So some people chose to Ding show dong. their best features, me, my boobs, and you and I others. I my boobs. <laughs> other people chose to show, I, I thought this was way better. I was sort of proud. Like, I was, like, proud that you were such a babe. <laughs> oh, thank you. <laughs> and excited for you. <laughs> It's such well, a, it's, I was proud of yeah. you because you Obviously were... Obviously, you have a lot more to offer than your boobs, but you did show your boobs, and it was uh, fun to be like, look at those. Those <laughs> yeah. live in my house. That's something I said to you the other day. You were getting changed, and I was like, these live in my house? This body lives in my house? Oh, that's so nice. Like, when you fill out your, you know, DMV... Sweater? <laughs> Everybody scratch some records. Like, you're in the Funky Bunch. No, like you're auditioning for the Funky Bunch. <laughs> Because I want you to want it. I want you to want it. Um, I figured it, Go ahead. I just felt very proud of you that night because you were in the camp of people who showed up body part that they felt kind of insecure about. And then had Which was people, my butt? Yeah. You, yeah, I do have an infant's butt. It's, it is the cutest thing in the world, well, America. We were just trying to... And other countries. Well, we've, all, we've told the story about you had to put makeup... For HBO's Crashers, you had to put makeup on my butt because I have a Gorbachevian... Gorbachevian. ...birthmark. Not I've just, never heard you describe it's it as Gorbachevian. And it's creeping out of my butt. Like, like uh-huh. if, you, if I passed out at a party, you might draw my birthmark <laughs> on my butt to be like, look, he's shitting himself. Oh, my God. Like, that's what it is. You just reminded me of one of my favorite childhood stories. Can't wait. Um, okay, so I was. I'm going to try to do it with minimal setup. Since my, we have two mics, I'm going to be like. I'll do like music. So we've gone from interrupting to just talking while I'm talking. No, 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 not talking. <laughs> Playing mouth guitar, saxophone. Okay, I don't love it, but I feel like I don't have a choice. Um, so my best friend in through all my childhood best friend Rachel um, was had three older sisters, 
Rachel and, and her sisters. One of her, and I was very close with all of them. Except one of them. <laughs> no. One of her <laughs> sisters had uh, is beautiful and had a birthmark, like a small, very classy birthmark on her face. Okay. And she, and so one time, like one day we were going. she has a classy one and I have an assy one, I feel sort of in the rain right now. But yeah, <laughs> No, I would say yours is classy. I, I would, say, okay. I would say it puts the assy in classy. <laughs> Um, my birthmark is not getting invited to any black red carpet events. It gets invited to my red carpet every day. Oh my god! This <laughs> what is, is that? This is when we find out you're a ginger bush. You know, Val but even is if, a ginger bush. Even if that <gasps> if were I was true. a pirate, I'd want to be ginger bush. <laughs> yeah, if I was a porn star, I'd want to be ginger bush. You'd be pheromones. Yeah, pheromones. That was my. And you know what? Mm. Have I told you that that is a, the name of a drag queen on RuPaul's Drag? Race no. is pheromones, and I was like, "That was mine." Yeah, they're, but they're they're making way better use of it. Okay, I'm uh, I'm like, shut up, Pete. You and Rachel's sister with a classy birthmark. Yes, and like, so one day Rachel and I were we were probably fifteen. We were like going through a box that was in her parents' attic of just her old things of Rachel's things from like childhood, mm. and one of the things. Was I pulled out this like it was printer paper that was like cut out with like ridges around it and then colored in a mark with a marker, just brown colored in, but it was really big, and I was like, what is this? And she said that for Christmas one year when she was maybe seven or eight, she gave Jenny her sister that drawing. It was a birthmark. <laughs> I didn't tell the story right. It's just because these are there's one of those stories that's difficult for me because it involves lots of people I don't know. Yeah. So Rachel, your friend, gave her sister who has a birthmark a drawing of her birthmark. Yeah, for Christmas. After like but this, it this wasn't... is where my brain goes though, like <laughs> this is embarrassing. She already had the birthmark, right? Well, it was like I'm giving you a drawing of the birthmark. Yes, okay. and we, and I it didn't magically make the birthmark appear because no. keep that paper away from Rachel if she has a pad that makes things manifest. Okay, that is you did take it to a magical thing, but I will say my reaction was what she already has a birthmark, Hilarious. so you're not wrong. And it was huge. I can't stress it, it was the size of like if you just cut a printer paper out. She made an she made an eight and a half by eleven birthmark. Birthmark to give to her sister who already had a birthmark for Christmas as a Christmas present. Why not just say go fuck yourself and skip all the crafts? <laughs> crafts. The skip the crafts and just say I fucking hate you. <laughs> no, it was loving, which is even funnier. Are you sure? It was a hundred percent loving. She was okay. seven years old. As a birthmark person, me not just on my butt but on my face. Mm-hmm. I feel like, I feel like people don't know that people with with first of all birthmark, yuck. <laughs> what a t- what are your options? Mole. Okay, yeah, so mole something is- on my face is what informing the FBI. <laughs> yeah, I have a snitch on my face, <laughs> so there's mole, mm-hmm. or just like a, a glorified rat. Glorified rat. Moles. Oh, thank you. <laughs> wow, I'm hyper literal today. Yeah. I went rat snitch again. I just want to clarify. It's funny that mole and rat mean snitch. Oh, yeah. See, welcome to my world. Wow. Whoever made this language You're wasn't doing... thinking of me. <laughs> 
Very linguistic today. Very linguistic. I love the linguistic with clam sauce. <laughs> um, I just do want to clarify, like, that birthmark story is funny, at least to me, because it's like, huh? I understand. Why would you? And it, and it was loving. And Jenny, I do think, took offense to it. Was not like. Didn't like it. Which is what is so funny, too, is like Rachel really meant it as like, I don't know. When I think of you, I think of birthmarks. So here you go. Oh my God. And then she was just like. I know I've told this story before, too. Um, but I want to turn our, our levels down just a smidge because we're getting pretty excited um, about birthmarks. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> I, I've told this before too. I, I, I like. Okay, so I was in a bad mood today, and it, just as as it was mentioned in the Pete's picks this this morning, I think the intro <laughs> is the morning, the show is the afternoon, and we say keep it crispy in the early evening as the sun is setting on <laughs> so, this podcast. So this morning in the Pete's picks, <laughs> I talked about I took a cold plunge and it one hundred percent turned me around. Before we get to that and how much I love that, I already talked about that in the intro. But when I'm in my worst place, I get a glimpse at not just like what it feels like to be in a bad mood, but specifically how I was conditioned as a, um, as honestly, like a rude dude from the eighties and nineties growing up in America, like a white male growing up in America. Mm -hmm. And I get to walk around this horrible, but sort of interesting and like kind of madhouse mansion like a fun house madhouse of of what it of what that programming did to me and when i get it when i'm in that worst mood ever one i'm like all these paul thomas anderson movies i'm phantom thread mm-hmm. and i want everyone to just be quiet mm-hmm. and don't fuck with my morning routine mm-hmm. and i'm convinced that everything that's going on inside of me to use phantom thread language, is because the person at my breakfast table is eating too loudly. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, it's not me. Mm-hmm. It's because you need to not stop buttering dry toast with mm-hmm. that knife right. Your phone's ringing. Oh. But it didn't ring. I mean, it didn't make a sound. What if it was the school? I know. I, I you- know. So- <laughs> <laughs> I thought you were, again, like phantom thread, I thought you were telling me, like, this is a problem. Your phone's ringing. Well, and I was saying it didn't make a sound. And then you made the argument like, no, we need to address it. What if it's the school? Well, I am going to turn your phone. This is fandom. But also, what if the school does call? (laughs) That's why we love that movie. It really is. It is us. Very us. It's us. But I want to say, can I just, can I say real quick? Can I say, can I really quickly, can I just really quickly say, (laughs) Woodcock is so jealous of that that fairy like dingus, just and I say dingus as a joke, just sort of gliding through life, being happier than he is. Yeah, and that's how I feel when I'm in my pinched place. I'm like, it must be nice, mm. just buttering toast, fucking farting in the wind, mm-hmm. and I'm over there really feeling like I need to keep the entire world together. What were you gonna say? Forgive me, but. This is an element of the this morning that we haven't discussed yet that it just kind of occurred to me because I've been reflecting on it. And it was it was almost nothing. It was that I was kind of talking about the day and the things that we needed to do. And you were like, I'm feeling I can't be doing this right. It was like, you know, a little annoying to you because you needed your to go the way. If I may. Well, what happened was I woke up. You woke up at eight. 
No, you woke up at seven. Mm-hmm. I woke up at eight. So I got this extra hour. And I woke up and you had woken up in that hour. Mm-hmm. And then you started um, doing something that is a, and I'm going to say it, completely out of proportion pet peeve. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like this is, these are the ABCs of me, baby. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like I'm not telling you, I'm telling the listeners. I hate, I'm using the word hate, getting up in the morning and having someone not give me a minute to like adjust to waking life. Yeah. And now but my phone's I, ringing. I, it's Paige. It's our assistant. Hey, Paige. I think she needs to know our frequent fire. You can just... Okay. okay. Paige is the best. Um, What I was... (laughs) But that was one of those situations where we had to answer the phone. Yeah. Um, Okay. Okay. I do do just want to say, because this is an actual question, because I don't remember, which means I maybe did do that, where as soon as you woke up, I I started at you because I... You didn't start at me. We... Okay. We need to be really clear. The problem... What's his name? Woodcock? Yeah. Uh, it's like Harrison Woodcock or yeah, something. Yeah, it's not... I can't it's something it. like that. Yeah. Daniel Day-Lewis's character in both There Will Be Blood and Phantom Thread. The problem... And I'm not saying this to be too hard on myself. It's his or my internal state. Yeah. Meaning, in this clear post-cold plunge, Pete... I see that there is absolutely no problem. In fact, in, in like unloading me and telling me what you're going to do with the day and like what you're excited about and what Leela said and, and what we need to do and when we need to leave and all that sort of stuff, there's a very, very good chance that the Pete that wakes up will be the Pete that's ready for that. Yeah, usually you yeah. are way oh, better in the mornings than I am. Welcome to my world. I thought about this long and hard this morning. Mm-hmm. Is one of the lonely and strange, lonely meaning isolating things about being me, is there's that guy, my plain view, mm-hmm. who really just wants to defeat others, um, steal and hoard, hide and conquer. Mm -hmm. He's grotesquely competitive. He doesn't want anyone but him to win. News of other people winning is upsetting to him. Mm -hmm. And he wants everyone to shut up and leave him alone. And they don't understand. That's just like a little taste. And everyone should be kissing his ass constantly telling him how special he is and that he deserves everything for doing nothing. Mm -hmm. He like that plain view. The only thing that's acceptable to him is ecstasy Mm -hmm. and uh, reward for no effort. Mm -hmm. Like that would be totally normal. (laughs) If publishers clearinghouse came with the balloons and the big check and they said, I know you didn't enter, but you won. (laughs) He would spit in their face, (laughs) scream at them to get off his lawn and then cash the check and then bathe in at McDuck style. Not Scrooge. The the little boys did it every once. In a while when he wasn't watching. <laughs> so um, all that to be that the lonely isolating thing is like when I'm up as I am right now, I want to engage and talk and 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 I'm so available to you and to anybody. I'm so open hearted and so generous. I know this sounds weird. I'm just telling you how I feel, mm-hmm. whether or not I act that way. And it's like I have this image of myself with a mason jar in this weird sort of like void space. And there's this like sort of like iridescent um, fog, like a cloud that's like green, like neon yellow green. And I can fill the jar up with that magic 
magic mm-hmm. and, and it shines and it shimmers. But what happens when I do that too much is now I'm just in a void yeah. <laughs> and I'm so afraid that people are going to then come and see the ugly paint plain view mm. when really all I want to do is, is deliver people Mason jars. It, it's, um, Encanto. Mm. It's the, it, uh, you know, the surface pressure song. Mm-hmm. Like I just want to give people what I think they want and I want to hide fr- from them all mm-hmm. of this ugly nastiness. Mm-hmm. So I, I do want to jump to the conclusion here is one of the things that does help when I'm in my plain view is the welcoming prayer, mm-hmm. which is for those, I'm sure you guys know this by now, but it goes like this. Welcome, welcome, welcome. I welcome everything that comes to me today because I know it is for my healing. Mm-hmm. That, that part's great. I just love the welcome, welcome, welcome. Mm-hmm. I'm feeling so angry. Like mm-hmm. I'm in a, 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 I'm clenched, like really tight. Mm-hmm. Like how I feel is completely unacceptable. Mm-hmm. And then I go, welcome, welcome, welcome. And just that, even as I'm saying it now, just sort of introduces some space around those feelings. Mm-hmm. But the line, uh, the, the next line is, welcome everything because it's for my healing. I welcome all thoughts, feelings, emotions, uh, situations, conditions, and persons. Yeah. That's, that's really groovy. I love that. Yeah. Um, especially when you're having, I, I kind of get caught in loops of superstitious thoughts, where if I have a thought that's ugly or nasty, I think I'll be punished for it, mm. or I'll make it happen. Mm. So it's really powerful to just go like, I even welcome not only the nasty thought, I welcome the fear that I'm going to make it come true. Yeah. It's complete concession. Yep. It's like, okay. You're here too. Come, come on, on in. in. Yeah. It's the fucking best. Mm-hmm. And there's a chapter in my book about trying to pray away anxiety. I had no idea that the actual cure for me for anxiety and dread and despondency and, and mild depression is to let it in. Mm-hmm. And then to let in the next layer of like, letting it in is going to make it worse. You come in too. You mm-hmm. come in too. But the next line that, that really dismantles my plain view <laughs> is, I let go. I let go? Yeah, it's I let go of my desire for power and control. Mm. Because really the issue, to put it in Rupert Spira language, of my plain view is he feels entirely separate. He does not feel like he is part of of the oneness, of the tapestry, of the mm. uh, um, indivisible uh, connectedness of all life, which is really one thing playing in a multitude of forms. He feels the opposite of that. Mm. He feels like he needs to hoard and build walls and turn off the lights and not make too much sound mm-hmm. and just eat. And I don't drink anymore, but metaphorically get drunk and just take care of himself and keep other people away. Mm-hmm. So then when you say, I let go of my desire for power and control, mm-hmm. I find that is the biggest, uh, that is, that, that's the best, I'm, I'm losing my words today a little bit, but that is exactly the issue, yeah. is he thinks he has to control things, yeah. and he thinks he has to hoard <clears throat> power. Mm-hmm. And I kept, this is going to sound weird, but I kept saying, I meditated. I used used my muse, which really helped keep me on track for my meditation. But I kept saying to myself, I'm dead. Mm. I know that sounds fierce or morbid, but I just went like, just die. Just die. Yeah. You could die right now. I was worried about um, the copy for an ad hadn't come through, so I couldn't record the intro. So it was going to delay the episode, and it did for the episode that came out Wednesday. Mm -hmm. So I had this like... 
I was latched onto that anxiety way, way, way too much. Mm -hmm. And I was like, you could, and I know this sounds like frightening, but it wasn't frightening. You could uh, die right now. Mm -hmm. You could, let's just say you explode or or the joke we always make is a plane engine falls on me. Mm -hmm. Okay. Just say that happened. Mm. What now? Like, you really want to just sit here and worry about something you have no control over? So like joyfully I was going, I'm dead. Mm -hmm. I'm dead. I'm dead. Why are you stringing together all of these anxieties into a narrative Mm -hmm. and then building that narrative into a circle and then looping it over and over in your brain just to torture yourself and just go, here's what I mean by I'm dead. It's from the Simpsons, the peace of the grave. Meaning Homer made some joke about like, you know, there's 20, 30 more years of this and then the peace of the grave. And I was like, yes, let's experience the peace of the grave now. Mm -hmm. Let's play dead. Mm -hmm. We're still alive. Everything's okay. But let's enjoy the benefits of death now. Yeah. Well, it's another form. (laughs) I mean, it's a way of surrendering. It's completely, there's nothing to do but to surrender. I talked for too long. I'm going to take a long break while mama goes. No, all of that was really good and very valuable. I love the welcoming prayer. I think it's everything. Um, What it made me think of was there's a really simple, if you don't, want to remember all of that which by the way I just say I welcome everything that happens today because I know it's for my healing yeah you can just use the first line that one is really kind of um, the perfect umbrella for all of it because even your thoughts even your you know that's that's right it's all in the beginning yeah yeah um the other thing it made so oh I didn't make that point so what it made me think of was um this really short practice that I learned uh in my mindfulness training from Jack Cornfield and Tara Brock. That's just pause, relax, open. Pause, relax, open. And it's exactly what I do when I start to get like panicky or if I'm having any kind of difficult feeling or like notice I'm in a thought loop. If I can remember that, which it's three words, so it's easy to remember. I just stop and pause. And then the words relax and open is exactly the welcoming it's just like soften your body open to this say like just open all the doors of the house and let let it in it's fine can i uh, i'll try to keep this brief that's exactly what the cold plunge is to me Mm. is that we joke in our house that val likes soft things and warm things (laughs) i literally have an acupuncture mat that i lay on uh that i love what's it called a, a puna or something? I don't know. It doesn't matter. It, but it's it's sort of painful mm-hmm. at first. And then I like getting in very cold water. Mm-hmm. Um, but that practice of getting in cold water uh, is the practice of welcoming something mm-hmm. that you would normally resist. Yes. And my, my friend Kurt, who is huge into um, cold plunges and all that sort of stuff, we were talking about that sets this precedent of like, Something that you are supposed that, that it's all mental. It's a hundred percent mental. Mm-hmm. You get in and you're like, "This is going to suck." But if you get in and go, "This is going to be incredible." Why does that work? Mm-hmm. You just see how much of reality is the labels you put on it. Absolutely. And when I get in my cold plunge, I go, "I think the same thing every time I get in." I go, "This is the best part of my day," and I get in it, and it becomes. You know, I don't want to say it's the best part of my day because so much of it is playing with you and Leela and that that is certainly the best part of my day. But in terms of things I do for myself, but the fact that it's this 
you're supposed to say no to anxiety. Mm-hmm. You're supposed to say no to dread. You're supposed to say no to my plain view, my grotesque, competitive anger. Mm-hmm. And you're supposed to say no to intense cold. There, it sets this like, no, just say yes. Yeah. No, just say yes. Yeah. And relax <laughs> and open. Like, yes. And, and uh, when I told my therapist that she loved it, that practice, because she said so much of of like the healing process is just noticing how frequently we are braced against life. That's exactly Isn't exactly that beautiful. Yeah. Um, and speak. I mean, this is kind of related, but you were talking about control, and we're doing this sleep school for Leela, so we're yeah. exhausted. Um, but, <laughs> that's, that's just a fancy way of saying we're exhausted. Uh, it's another. It's also a fancy way of saying that yesterday I meant to email somebody something, and I just sent it. I emailed it to myself. <laughs> that's hilarious. I, I put my email in the two as if. And it would make sense if you like had to enter your email in the from every time. Yeah. But that I've no. never had to enter my email I, when sending You're talking an email. to somebody who more than once has typed music into Spotify. Oh yeah. And Amazon into Amazon. Yep. Yelp into Yelp. I've done it. I've yelped Yelp. Oh yeah. You gotta yelp Yelp every Yelp, once Yelp in a while. and Yelp. Um <laughs> But the, what we're learning, one of the many things we're learning, the sleep school is fantastic. Um, it is fantastic. What is it called? It's because called Battelle, B-A-T-E-L-L-E. And Full it's, endorsement. We're not even done. And I'm like, holy shit. It's really working. And it's not leave them and cry method. Well, it's, it is not a cry it out method. Yeah. It is gentle. That being said... Please, if you have done a cry it out or you are doing no it, no judgment, whatever's working for you. But this is a very gentle we didn't want method to do that. and we love and it. I, nobody, I don't think anybody wants to do that. But Yeah, I, a uh, lot of people don't have a choice. They need like results quick and this is what's, right. you know, Yeah, working. we're two fancy jerks and uh, I'm in a Tesla helicopter right now. So we're not exactly <laughs> relatable. No, I'm just kidding. And it's but silent. Yes. Isn't that amazing? It is dead silent. <laughs> <laughs> and Elon is actually doing the whoop 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 noise for us. Because <laughs> we comes it. with everyone. Yeah. Whoop 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 whoop. Well, the funny thing about coal is, <laughs> when you look at a, a process like extracting energy from coal, I've never tried it before. It's not bad. I thought it was good. It wasn't bad. Um, so in this sleep school, one of the things they say, one of the kind of beliefs is that children will try to like toddlers will try to control things because it gives them an illusion of safety this is everything val but you, i'm so proud that you're bringing this up it's so on topic i'm just excited i'm pretty excited for the point you're and, making and it is yeah so it's the point is that it is an illusion of safety and really so they are doing it to make themselves feel safe but if we give into it and let them have control then they are like crushed by the responsibility. It creates of, a burden. I am responsible for my own safety, and and they know that they're not, they don't have the resources for that. They're not prepared on some level. So, and when she was talking about that, I was like, That's "Sister, us. ain't that everybody? That's that, everybody." See, when you let Leela go to the bathroom, even though she doesn't have to go to the bathroom, or swap parents, or turn the lights back on and read more books. And by the way, there are allowances in the Patel method for all of these things at certain points. Yeah, but but, but you just notice when they're doing it because they're trying to control the situation. And 
I, my method, and I really do think this is the first time I've been like, oh, this is our first child and we've made like a first child sort of thing. Yeah. I just love Leela. I love her agency mm-hmm. and I love making her feel important and empowered. Yeah. And that's something I got uh, in huge quantities from going to a Quaker school where, you know, we called our teachers by their first name. Mm-hmm. I, I've said this many times, but they let me teach a class in seventh grade. Mm-hmm. They were all about, like, making us feel valid. Mm-hmm. Like, we were human beings, too, yeah. and not less than grown-ups. Yeah. So I, I wanted to do that, and, I, and I'm glad that we have. But when they explained to me that if you let Leela have agency over the situation... That on one hand you could say that's good, but on the other, I know we just said that you're making her believe that it's her responsibility. Yeah. But when you say, "Hey, there's a plan. Mm-hmm. I'm here with you. I'm saying no. I know you want me to pat your back right now, but I'm going to say no, and I'm going to sit here because you say Miss Megan says that I should sit here, and she it's believes Ms. in Megan's that. Megan's method, yeah. and she believes it, and yeah. and you see the the human power of an imagined or, Mm -hmm. you know, slightly real authority figure, Mm -hmm. you know, like Santa Claus or something. You go, Miss Megan says I should sit here. That makes sense to her. And the comfort of I'm saying no. Mm -hmm. Again, I want to, this isn't a parenting podcast, really. It's, it's an everything podcast. (laughs) Boom, 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 and, and, and I think you, and, and how to welcome feelings and, and to know, you made the point. I can't summarize it. No, it's, that's exactly it. And ju- you see it with Leela because she's not a different thing than we are. She's a human being too. So the way she processes things more often than not is the way we are also processing things. So when she is getting stressed out or she's getting overwhelmed or doesn't or or just like any human resisting change in the unknown or a change she tries to control even more she gets more rigid she tries to control even more and that's what I certainly noticed that in myself like the example I always go to and I'm sorry I've shared it so much on the podcast but like during the lockdown Uh, you know, the first lockdown of the pandemic, I was so obsessed with like the house being perfect and clean. And that was like a rigidity of trying to control the situation that I only realized later. But the more anxious my body is, the more my mind is trying to take control. And it doesn't work. It thinks that it will, your mind thinks that it will make you feel safer. You've done it. But the truth is, is, the nature of life is that we can control very little and that there's freedom in that. If we can make peace with the fact that we have little to no control, that's freedom. That's the whole thing. Yeah. So I I watched a documentary that I I did like. I think it was effective. It just, it bugged me because Rupert Spira, who I'm obsessed with and in love with, Mm -hmm. um, is a non-dual teacher and he was in it. And I I just didn't think they used Rupert enough. I know that sounds... (laughs) I know that sounds very weird, but the guy who who was making the documentary, who I thought was beautiful and vulnerable and and it was really well made, it's called Chasing the Present. You should check it out. Um, I just felt that like a lot of the things he was bringing up, I was like, well, Rupert has a really great response to that. Mm. And I wish you had included what he says about that. Mm. Um, I'll give you an example. He's talking to another non-dual teacher 
and he's and and this the the guy in the documentary has panic attacks, so he has like real panic, real yeah. suffering, real pain, mm-hmm. and he's like, so you're telling me that all of this is an illusion, and the teacher's like, yes, meaning reality, mm-hmm. and he's like, so my suffering is an illusion, mm-hmm. and he's like, yes, and I'm like. What I love about Rupert, because I, I've studied other non-dual teachers, mm-hmm. but the reason why Rupert has made me a confirmed non-subscriber to the non-dual perspective is that his is a very loving, we would say wet, meaning not dry, mm-hmm. um, and reality respecting non-dualist, meaning I, I was yelling at the screen. I was like, Rupert said, taught me that illusion doesn't mean not real. He's mm-hmm. like, reality is very real. Yeah. And your pain is real. And your experience is real. He would say everything is as real as everything. That that might get a little more trippy. But illusion doesn't mean not real. Illusion means it's not what it seems to be. What if you really were yelling at the screen all of that? I basically... <laughs> Rupert I, taught me that. <laughs> I yelled, oh, illusion doesn't mean not real. It means it's not what it seems to be, like a mirage. Mm. Or like something in a dream mm-hmm. seems real, but it's not ultimately real. Yeah. But it is real. Like, yeah. if you're having a nightmare, guess what, baby? Your dream yeah. is real. Well, because your experience... It's like the Matrix. It makes it real. Everything is, is, is uh, experienced inside of knowing inside of consciousness which means this table isn't real it's only real it's the only reality it has is when i touch it i experience something in my field of knowing that we call consciousness mm-hmm. so that's what makes it real but that that's fine but it's also here it's here's a table it's real yeah. and if a table falls on me i suffer yeah. and if i need a table and i can't find a table i suffer. so like we need to like respect that and and he really does that so here's this movie where this guy is kind of flirting with non-duality and he, and they went to rupert they had him in the room <laughs> yeah. there he was beautiful <laughs> and well lit and i'm like all of this could have been uh, mm. i get very um enamored with my teachers, obviously. Yeah. And I was like, you should have just asked this to Rupert. <laughs> yeah. And then it just sort of took a left turn and became about another guy taking ayahuasca and realizing that you should just be in the present. And I was like, the reason to be in the present is because when we're, when we divest ourselves of all of these desires and stories, we can experience the, the field of knowing that we are yeah. not just as a thought experiment, because that field of knowing is peaceful and is happy, mm-hmm. and that is what everybody wants. Yeah, that. I mean, that being said, I do think that for some people, that's not going to matter, or or, or that might take them further from it, and might be more complicated. And to simplify it to just be present is totally valid and I want to do a backflip right now because what I'm doing is I'm asking that movie to meet me exactly where I am on a Wednesday in 2020, <laughs> where I might have literally... 2022. 22. I can't believe I thought it was 2020 just now. <laughs> but you're absolutely right. Mm-hmm. There was a time that all I wanted or all I could really handle was just be here, mm-hmm. just be in the present. And if that's all you do do for the rest of your life and that's your spiritual practice, that's that's enough. Yeah, no, not everybody needs it stepped out or elegantly written about like I yeah. really 
I, I, it's weird to say I get off on it, but mm-hmm. I mean, like, it in the sense that the offness is is joy and peace. Meaning, before, so those of you who haven't heard me talk about Rupert Spira before, he wrote a book called Being Aware of Being Aware, which even the title, I mean, even the title is paying out. Mm-hmm. Just, you need to, you don't need to do anything. Everything's fine. But we can find this great peace and this joy and this happiness when we are aware of being aware and when we explore what it means to be aware. Mm-hmm. But it's the first book and his other books that I found that I would rather read them than watch television. Mm. And that is, that's not been true for anybody. Mm. I mean, don't get me wrong. I love Richard Rohr. I love Ram Dass. But there's something special about Rupert because you can read one little page of it. You know, I suppose that's, that's, that's true of those other guys too. But like, there's something just so bonsai tree mm. refined about one line of his book can take you into a place that I usually only experience in deep meditation or psychedelics or that beautiful, spacious, free place as you're falling asleep or as you've just woken up or whatever it is. So anyway, I wanted to plug that. There's a couple things I wanted to put to you, Mama. We should talk about that that filmmaker that we enjoyed this oh week. Oh my God, yes. So because we we've 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 done our good deepness, yeah. our depth up top, and we should do some sillies. So we could talk about that. And you lit up on that, and I couldn't. I can't really remember what the other one was. Then. Well, what else is there? Once you bring up, uh, what's his name? Neil what? Breen. Neil Breen. Neil Breen. Guys, do you know who Neil Breen is? Um, you would. You'll know him from his work, uh, Fateful Findings. Um, oh, what's the one with the twins? <laughs> du- it's like Neil double Breen. Okay. What is look. it? Oh my god! <laughs> double down. Double down is. I think that's the one with the twins. Twist, oh no, Twisted Pair. There's a double down and that's not the one with the twins. Twisted Pair we haven't seen. Let, let, I, let me, before we play you oh a clip. God. Oh, here it is. Here it is. We found it. I found oh it. This is, this is it. This is, I'm do, so excited. But you also do so have excited. to look. You do have to look it up on your own so you can see it. You but need hearing to see it, it will be, will do the trick. He sort of looks like, I sometimes think, I said he looks like me when I'm 80. <laughs> but I don't know I don't if that's, that's true. He, he looks a little Gary, bit like Gary, Gary Shandling. Yeah. Like Gary Shandling uh, on vacation. Like he's got a little too much sun. <laughs> um, I, I don't, I, I really don't want to be cruel because Neil, if for some reason you hear this, I actually really enjoy your movies. They're just because they're unlike anything I've ever seen or will ever see. <laughs> Here, here's here's the point I want to make. I'm not trying to be too diplomatic to Neil Breen. I mean, it the, seems like you are, and I'm loving it. Well, no, they're 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 really they're really bad. They're really they're bad. really bad. They're and, really bad. But then something happens. It doesn't mean you're a bad person, Neil. <laughs> That's right. Um, they're they're bad if you're looking at them like movies. Mm. They're great if you're if you're looking at them like Neil Breen movies. <laughs> sure. Yeah. <laughs> what I'm saying is, and they made this point in the Disaster Artist about the room. Sometimes a, a piece of art transcends what it was aiming for and becomes something mm. that you could never aim for, that you could never make on purpose. Mm-hmm. And they're so off. But they're delightful. This is really the headline that I wanted to share. And and then we'll play this clip from Fateful Findings. Oh, my God. It's called Fateful Findings. I've seen the movie. 
What does that mean? Well, he finds the, the, the black cube, cube. Which, which don't get he, me started on becomes, what the black Which is black kind of cube. nothing. It's ridiculous. You guys, just do yourself a favor, because Val and I are rocked. Mm-hmm. We're sleeping in two-hour spurts all night, yeah. uh, up with the baby. And as you know, we love talking about non-duality. We love talking about feelings and the rain method and all this stuff. <laughs> and sometimes you just want to watch something that is absolutely refuck-dick-a-loss. Yeah, there was a night, I can't even, I don't even know which night. It was in the last week where Leela had such an enormous tantrum that she was like, I have scratches on my arms from her, like, clawing yeah. at me like the exorcist. Yeah. And I was so depleted. I was just like, I came out and was crying. You had to hold me. It was like, I was so I want to add to that, by the way, that when you're sleeping with a monitor, because she's in her own room now, you're not even really sleeping. Oh, yeah. Because you're, you're sleeping like... Someone's like, there's going to be an earthquake this hour. Good night. Yeah. Like, that's how important and your when, baby... And as soon as the earthquake happens, you have to run. Or to, or you your know. baby will feel neglected or whatever yeah. it might be. Yeah. So you half sleep. We've both been doing this. Half sleep. You've been doing more of it than I have. I don't think so. I don't think that's true anymore. The last two nights you really well, stepped up. Okay. Like, can we, could you say that more clearly <laughs> into the microphone? <laughs> the last two nights you've been getting up with her. Oh, thank <laughs> you. Serious. Thank you very much. That sound, I tried to make it sound like an insert. Um, <laughs> um, oh, so, so I was we, really like rocked. very low and we started watching Fateful Findings and it transformed me. It was, it's, you, the, we it's even... the cold plunge of movies. It is the cold plunge of movies. <laughs> I love that you're like so sincere. I'm not even joking. There's certain things, and I'm obsessed with them, that will change your, to use Tony Robbins' language, change your state. Yeah. And we're vulnerable mammals. Things change. Mm-hmm. Cold water, thecoldplunge.com, promo code weird. <laughs> Unbelievable. A three-minute reset. Fateful findings? Look, it's not as good as a cold punch. I'm not just saying that. But we needed some silly billy. And this is really what I wanted to report. I thought I liked getting stoned and watching bad movies. Yeah. Turns out... You don't need the weed. Like, I don't know if you know, I think you do, how exciting it is to be like, you can just watch a bad movie. Because sometimes when I go like... when When I do weed... Usually I have a great time and I love it. Mm-hmm. And I've said this a million times, but the next day it depletes something that I rely on to make myself happy mm. and it uses it. It's like, yeah. I'll use some of tomorrow's happiness today. We call it today. a serotonin hangover. I got yeah, it the first time serotonin. I saw uh, Beyonce in concert. It's probably serotonin. The next day I was a zombie. <laughs> so that's what happens to me with weed. So I was like, let's just try and watch... Because we watched something called The Best of Bad Acting on YouTube, which I recommend. Mm-hmm. And then that led us to Neil Breen. And we watched the whole movie over two nights yeah. and loved it. And I was like, oh, my God, meat is back on the menu, Lord oh. of the Rings. Like, I can still, because when I give up weed and I go, I'm not going to do weed anymore. I'm like, you mean I'm never going to like sit around and watch a silly funny with Valerie? We did and I was standing up and going, this is sex. This is sex. <laughs> like it was so, it's, I, we watched Megan Stalter do stand up at my Largo show. Oh. And it was the same sort of feeling where something is so funny 
that it like takes over your body. It goes into your it's body. It's visceral. Yeah. It becomes visceral mm-hmm. where you're just like it's not just in the center of your body where your laughs come. Mm-hmm. Your whole body gets engaged. That's how funny Megan Stalter is. Mm-hmm. And that's how funny Fateful Findings was. Are are we ready to play this clip? I just want to say so <laughs> he I can't do- wait for this clip. <laughs> he does by the way, this the description is Masterclass in Acting by Neil Breen. Watch all Watch of his, his movies. movies. He's, He's the, the man. man. I think the first line of that description is ironic, and then the the, sec, the two other lines are sincere. Yeah, I think that is true. Um, so he writes, directs, produces, and tell them about the, the credits. In the credits, it, it's like, who did the sound mixing? And it's like... Now sound it was industries. Like, yeah, it's like mics, like M-I-C, mics and speakers. But it industries. has to have N or B in it. I know, in, oh, speakers. And, yeah, and there was a like lot a, of that. And, and then like at, at craft the, services, and it's like cakes in cupcakes or whatever. <laughs> and then at the end of all of that, it says any of the above listed companies with an N or a B in the title were are fake are fictitious. Are fictitious and were actually done... Personally. Personally. By Neil B- Breen. By Neil Breen. So the only f- conclusion to draw is that he wanted it to look like a real legit movie by having all of these... By the way, this included costuming, which is kind of upsetting when you see what the women are wearing in the movies. Well, um, don't get me started on the <laughs> psychology of a Neil Breen masterpiece. Oh, my God. He's always a messiah character. Oh, He's yeah. always Flawless. a genius. He's yeah. always a computer science hacker in all of them, it <laughs> yes. seems. And he's going to expose corruption and lies. You know when you... like? Sorry, this might be too mean, but when you hear... Like a, an unhoused person who's sort of having an <laughs> argument with nothingness. Yes. It's a lot of that. Like the corruption and the lies and it doesn't, you don't know how deep it goes. It's yeah. like a lot of that. It's government <laughs> and, cor- uh, and corporate, corporate greed, greed and, and the just, lies. But it's all like very kind of general vague. and yeah. vague. Yeah. But he's going to stop it with his six laptops that he's typing <laughs> he's on. He's always on ta- like laptops that have nothing on the screen. Because he, he bought... Like old unworking laptops yeah. that he could spill coffee on yeah, and stuff. Yeah, because he's breaking laptops a and lot. And then everyone wants to have sex with him. Yes. And everyone, uh, like one of the plots in Fateful Findings is like a young girl keeps swimming in his pool and taking off her clothes. And like, and he has to like have, grab her by the shoulders and be like, you've got to stop this. Get out of here. Yeah. This isn't okay. Yeah. And then and like again, his girlfriend is on pills and he's like, these pills are ruining you. So he's always like... What I said, spiritually speaking, from a spiritual perspective, it is a very clear and I think helpful look at what the ego wants. Mm -hmm. Power, mastery, praise, affection, esteem, and and to always be right and to always do the right thing and, and to... At the end of the movie, Fateful Finding, spoiler alert, everyone that he exposes kills themselves. Suicide. They kill they themselves. They all do it in like different ways, but then some of them start to repeat because we, I can't stress this gun. enough. Yeah. There's like eight of them. Eight they people. like show themselves oh, giving yeah. a speech like, I can't believe what I've done. I'm, I'm bad. And then like how that specific person committed suicide. And then. Yeah, but the they do one. it on the steps of the Capitol? <laughs> I don't mark? know. I don't It's the know. same green screen that's behind him. And then it's somebody in a suit. I want to meet everyone that's in this movie and I talk know. to them. And they're just like, I cannot believe the corruption and the shame that I have brought upon my country and my family. 
handgun to head shot <laughs> in a suit at a press conference? Yeah, in front of the White House? I don't know. <laughs> okay, we got to give them a taste. Okay. Did you have something more? Um, Go ahead. No, I, well, I was going to say the thing about like every, all the ladies want him. Like, again, he looks like Lady Gary Shandling. <laughs> and there, I don't know why he looks vacation to me. He looks like a man who's been suntanned. I guess. Yeah, I could like, see that. Or like been eating hotel food. <laughs> There's something. <laughs> oh my God. Look, look, look. Okay, listen to this. This is this is definitely one of the best clips of all time. It's from Fateful Findings. He finds his friend dead on the... Because for no reason other than like some arguments about pills, the, his friend, question mark, is killed by his friend's wife he's an alcoholic I everybody's know. an alcoholic or on pills it sort of has like a hallmarky after school especially like drugs are bad yeah um you should just work hard and hack the government i guess <laughs> yeah so anyway she shoots him and then he discovers the body and this is what he does he's covered in blood and uh and he and this is what he says <laughs> don't don't Jim. Jim! Call 911! Jim! Jim! How could you have done this? Jim! Holding his dead body. Gets blood on his face. I can't believe you committed suicide. I cannot believe you committed suicide. How could you have done this? How could you have committed suicide? I can't help you out of this one, Jim. With all we've been through, I can't pull you out of this one. This is sex. That was sex. Oh my god. That was sex. I cannot believe you've committed suicide. So my theory, and I really, look, Neil Breen on the podcast, Neil Dream, Mm -hmm. um, although I kept saying this, I was like, sometimes... It almost feels inappropriate that you're watching. It's like reading somebody's journal or something. Yeah. I've said this about other movies. Like, I saw the movie Sucker Punch, and it just kept having such specific fetishized sex, Mm. like sexy stuff, that I was like, I'm embarrassed for the director. Mm. Like, I've gotten too good of a glimpse into, like, who you are. Yeah. And uh, and I, I sort of feel like... It's like the Pam and Tommy sex tape. It's like, mm-hmm. I shouldn't be able to see what you think. What your purest desires are. It's so pure. Yeah. But anyway, my my theory on Neil Breen in general, I can't believe he committed suicide. <laughs> I cannot believe he committed cannot, suicide. <laughs> like, I know we just played the audio, but you have to know he's cradling a bloody dead man. And he's talking as if he like Jim. just found out that his his Jim. Yeah, like he can maybe talk him awake. Yeah, first of all, but he has then, a bullet in his head. But then he's also talking as if like some his wife just told him that she was having an affair or something. Like he's like, "I cannot I cannot believe you're having an affair, you know? Like it's not enough." It's it's and yet it's more than enough. It's more oh. than enough. Uh, my theory is that he, because I think he edits them mm. uh, and does everything, that he's doing multiple 
reads of the yes. line. The line is, I can't believe you committed suicide. So so he can have options. And yeah. this happens throughout the movie. I'm yes. going to say throughout the film. Which, by the way, doing different reads without stopping is a normal thing for actors to do. What isn't normal is to keep is that both he takes keeps in. All of them. Because throughout the movie, they say <laughs> everything twice. Yeah. It's like, where the hell were you? I didn't know where the hell you were. That's Where right. were you? That's, That's right. exactly how this whole movie is. <laughs> I need here. What was it called? Fateful. Fateful findings. Whoa. Up. I, Up. I hit my microphone. Sorry, Bip. everybody. Best scenes. Here we go. I'm just gonna see what what one comes up. <laughs> oh no. We... Oh no. I don't, I don't think this one's gonna work because he needs dialogue. Uh. This is, this is where he spills the coffee on the computer. It's very good. I'm going to skip forward. There's, you can't look for any logic whatsoever. Yeah, you're actually not missing anything. Okay, that's a good one. This will this, this, illustrate the two-take point, I think. Yeah. This okay. is not him. This is the this guy. This is the guy who kills himself, himself question And mark. his wife. And his wife uh, having a conversation. <laughs> what? Another hard day at the office. <laughs> Damn it, yes, as a matter of fact. I'm trying to relax. Okay, Valerie, we do this sometimes. <laughs> Can we do this terrible script well? You, you Ooh, be the girl. Okay. I say, what, another bad day at the at office? The office and, and you I'll say, see. damn it, yes. Ah, uh, yeah. I don't think I can do it. Okay. Here, here's them again. What? Another hard day at the office? Damn it, yes, as a matter of fact. And I can't change the line. No, no, no. Okay. All right. He does it in a way that I couldn't imagine. <laughs> I have the harder. I think I feel you like you have the harder, harder one. one. Okay. You want to be hurt? No, Him? no, no, no. Okay. Ready? Action. What? Another hard day at the office? I didn't like mine. Okay. Do it again because I, I was about to go into something that I didn't like either. Well, I think part of the fun of this game is that we can't do it, but we don't like it. I mean, we just have to deal with the vulnerability. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Ready? You say action. Action. What? Another hard day at the office? Jesus, this is hard to say. It's so hard. And what? It's so hard to and in say. What world am I going to say? Damn it! Yes, where like that would be authentic <laughs> to what and then you someone say would else. say. Yeah. Another as hard a day at the office. Damn it, yes, as a matter of fact. Ooh. How am I going to say damn it? Okay, ready? <laughs> okay. <clears throat> Action. What? Oh, man. Okay, so I just to give you a little backstory on me. I look at you, you're drinking wine, you don't work. Yeah. I'm drunk and I'm mad. Mm-hmm. And I'm tired of you complaining even though you don't work. And and I think that's a and you think that's valid because fuck you. Well, me. but also maybe she does work. We don't know that she doesn't work. Yeah, maybe she. <laughs> I like to think she sells knives. Okay. 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 <clears throat> Ready and action. What? Another hard day at the office. Damn it! Yes, as a matter of fact. No, it that wasn't was bad. bad. I liked mine. <laughs> Yours I was mine. so good. Mine was good, and it okay. took it took a long time to get to something that I didn't feel horrible about. Okay, now we have to switch because okay. I have the harder line. And I say yes, damn, damn it, it, yes. Yeah, damn it, uh, yes, as a matter okay, of fact. Okay, ready? Go ahead. Action. Okay. <laughs> okay. 
What, another hard day at the office? Damn it, yes! As a matter of fact... <laughs> oh, sorry! You laughed right in my face! I forgot the second line! I knew you did, that's why I laughed. Okay, go again. Go, it was go, good, go, I just Keep rolling, keep rolling, we're going keep right rolling. away. Okay. Okay, I'm drunk. Action. What, another hard day at the office? Damn it. Yes, as a matter of fact... Good. Not bad. Yeah, it's not bad. Let's see what the next line is. <laughs> I'm trying to relax. Leave me alone. Okay. Impossible. I think I can do it. You have to do the whole thing. Damn I it. Do you? Damn it. Yes. Can I not say damn it? I just. You have I, to say uh, damn it. I'm okay. sorry. Okay. It's word perfect. Is this fun for anybody else? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Don't say that. <laughs> Maybe they'll realize that it isn't. <laughs> That's actually what I thought. I was like, it is fun. Yeah. This is fun. Um, okay, I got I got the whole picture. Allie? Now you give me Wait a second chance. Okay, have you seen Allie? Okay. No, so you say another day, yeah. What? Another bad day at the office? Damn it. Yes, as a matter of fact. No, that's so that bad. That's good, I'm trying to relax. Okay, okay. What, another hard day at the office? <laughs> what, another hard day at the office? Damn it, yes, as a matter of fact. I'm trying to relax. I loved it. Leave me it. alone. I loved it. <laughs> I forgot about it. Leave me alone. Damn it. Yes. As a matter of fact, trying to relax. Leave me alone. Yeah. Good. Ooh. Oh, my God. Let me tell you about Allie. Allie's been sneaking over to Dylan and Emily's house and jumping in their swimming pool. So? It's your turn to watch her. It's 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 unbelievable. She's oh telling him about the, that their daughter, her yeah. stepdaughter, yeah. is getting naked and swimming. She doesn't even say naked. Forget it. Guys, yeah. I think we've given you enough of a taste. <laughs> you need to check out Fateful Findings. Valerie, the, the headline here is, I can't believe that I still get to enjoy bad movies. And guys, if you've learned anything, how dare you question if this is fun? <laughs> because what you and I do when we watch TV... Yeah. Good TV and bad TV is if there's something that we didn't like, we mm-hmm. pause it and we try and do it again. Yeah. Not as actors, not as showbiz people, just to see, was it the script? Yes. Or was it just a bad take? We did it on a show that we're really loving. It, do, it yeah. doesn't have to be... Sometimes the line is just clunky. And We'll pause it and we'll play. What I'm saying is, this is so weird to make this like a TED TEDx talk. Don't flatter myself. TED talk? TEDx? Um... Is that like something that is sort of stupid watching TV can be, what am I, in conclusion, but like a, an engaging relationship, well, we realized, fun, we, friendship, fun thing. Yeah, we realized this, and I think you shared this on the, the podcast when I had to be silent after my surgery, that it isn't just that we like to watch TV together. We like We're to so, it's so interactive when we watch TV. And that, because I'm sort of... I don't want to say I'm at odds. I do think this is a Rupert thing. A lot of things, food, TV, um, jerking it, all these different things can be used as an avoidance Mm. of how we're feeling. Mm -hmm. So we're sort of full circling it right now. Is you feel, as I was saying about my plain view this morning, you feel feelings that are unacceptable. So you want to avoid them by any means possible. For me, it would be jaying it. Or eating, much more likely eating or um, watching television. Mm-hmm. It used to be playing video games, but who has who has the time? Um, <laughs> so when we watch TV, sometimes I'm aware, like, 
it is this like soothing light hypnosis at the end of the day. Yeah. And I think it is helpful to go like to me, everybody do whatever they, whatever they want to do, but to find a way to turn even watching TV into like a fun way to just kind of keep a thread of connection between you and your partner or your friend or your roommate does make life a little bit more fun. And if you have that, like, don't pause it, like, mm. lighten up. Even even drop your attachment. Sometimes when I'm watching something that I'm really excited to watch and you want to pause and talk, mm-hmm. I do use it as a practice to be like, what are you doing? Mm. I'm putting images on a screen ahead of three-dimensional life. Yeah, I felt that too. Mm-hmm. I know you, I, for sure. Um this is why I'm not afraid of the metaverse. It's like a TV screen on your face. Yeah. Get the fuck out of here. Yeah. D- r- what about the things that we learned in the pandemic, which is like, oh, shit, we miss being in an office with people. And I know not everybody feels that way. But in general, w- if it's not that, it's it's something like I miss being in restaurants. I met, we just missed being yes, together, together in person. As, as animals. And we had the virtual remedies to that and it and wasn't it the same. It didn't I'm not, it. By the way, I'm not saying the metaverse isn't going to be popular. I think it's going to be hugely popular. Oh, sure. And I think I will even enjoy elements of it. Um, I did a joke at Largo this past month. I was like, I'm vowing right now that I will never do a show in the metaverse. Yeah. And I am going to stand by that like I will never do a show in the metaverse so if you see in my Instagram feed me advertising that I'm doing a show in the metaverse it's because I found a funny way to kill myself <laughs> <laughs> like I'm going to go in the metaverse yeah. blow my head off and like they won't have the animation for it so like birds will fly out of my head <laughs> I know that's dark but I'm just to me live comedy is so much more about the bodies the shoulders touching mm-hmm. the, the, the feeling of, of humans in a room it's like when you see live jazz. Everybody thinks they like jazz or they don't like jazz, yeah. more likely. Then if you go and, and and see a sweating drummer and like And you're in the ener- the same energy field as, as them, him. Yeah. You're 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 in the way of the channel that they're tapping into. Yeah. Like you're it's like the river is flowing to them and becoming sound, but it's going through you and around you. You can enjoy anything. We we one of the things that like the internet and, and the metaverse or whatever and Instagram, it's sort of flattening reality. Mm-hmm. When really, what I think we all love and don't realize we love, like it's not the movie; it's being in the theater. It's being in the cathedral of cinema, mm. and 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 feeling the frequency of other people holding their breath or yeah. gasping or whatever it is. And I know I sound like an old fogey right now. I'm not saying the metaverse won't be popular. I'm not saying I won't enjoy it, uh, parts of it. I'm saying that when Zuckerberg is like, you can have a meeting in zero gravity, I'm like, the reason zero gravity is fun is because you feel it. Mm -hmm. It's because your body feels a weightless, upside-down feeling, not because your visual cortex is confused into thinking that it's a panda bear having a you know, an HR meeting in zero gravity, that's nothing. Yeah. And I know that because of video games and stuff that that's not what's great about it. Like, well, yeah, in general, this is the trajectory of how can we become even less embodied than just living in our own brains? It's like, what if we're 
like we are we already are living in a virtual reality man it's the virtual yeah. reality of past and future that you're always in yes. you're never in your body you're not hardly we as a society are hardly ever in our bodies uh and this is like going the opposite direction of that of being like how do we actually live in a virtual reality where our bodies don't get to experience any of it? It's just because our it's mind. just stuff for your brain to process. Exactly, and it is what somebody like I don't know anything about Zuckerberg. I'm not like a one of those people that like. But I do know he might be the least embodied person in the world. That's that's <laughs> what I'm going to guess too. And when you think reality is what you can see and process. Uh, it's like, okay, but it's not, it, it, it's, yeah. it's so much more and there's some, a lot more, uh, tactile and, and nuanced and sort of esoteric things going on. The example that we always give is when you walk in a room and you can tell someone's been fighting, mm-hmm. you think you're going to have that when everyone's a fucking memoji? Um, okay. I want to go back in time because I really, I missed an opportunity that I, I just won't be able to, to let go so please tell me again just the end of the if you see me on the meta doing a show on the metaverse i found a way okay go ahead oh um i'll never do a show on the metaverse if you ever see me in my instagram feed that i'm doing a show on the metaverse just know that i've just found a funny way to kill myself i can't believe you committed suicide i cannot believe you committed suicide (laughs) Valerie, I unconsciously loaded the scene up. Pizza on the metaverse. Jim! Jim! Call 911! Jim! Jim! The music. How could you have done this? Jim! suicide. I cannot believe you committed suicide. How could you have done this? How could you have committed suicide? (laughs) Can't pull you out of this one, Jim. I can't help you out of this one, Jim. (laughs) With all we've been through, I can't pull you out of this one. Oh my god. (laughs) I want to watch it again right now. Um, All right, let's, shall we read a poem? I love this. Yeah, this was great. This episode. I don't have one. Do you have one? No, that's what this is. I have my rupee pump. Oh, great, Grins. This is going to be tricky because every... <clears throat> First of all, this poem is uh, 104 pages long. Um, so I'm, not, I'm certainly not going to read... I'm not going to read a lot of it. I just want to read a little bit of it. Um, let's see. Where's our Eric Satie? See, this is, this is what a parent is, is when your whole Spotify history... Is PJ Masks. Mm-hmm. Ooh, I have new music that we could play over the Spotify. Is that sacrilege? I mean, that we could play over the poem. Uh, go ahead. It's just, it'll be easy to access. Hit this button. Yeah. Okay. Go here. Desert retreat. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, down a little bit. Okay, this is called Faith's Hymn by Beautiful Chorus. Okay. I, I promise you won't. No, I'm just it. saying, if, if the poem really flatlines... That's why. It's because of the music. It won't, I swear. Okay, so Rupert wrote this book called um, A Meditation on I Am. I recommend the book um, wholeheartedly, if only because the first 15 pages of it 
and they're tiny pages. So if it was like a regular sized book, it would probably be like five pages, six pages. Mm-hmm. Summarize his um, philosophy mm-hmm. so beautifully and so elegantly. So here's a little bit of the poem. It's called I Am. I do. Sorry to keep clearing my throat before I read it. It's about the field of knowing mm-hmm. that, that is what we're all experiencing right now. Mm-hmm. When you close your eyes, if you had no story like body or world or me and you and here, if you were a newborn baby and you hadn't opened your eyes yet, you would know that reality is just sensation mm-hmm. and where is that sensation experienced that's that's his whole thing it, it's our experience is known when the we're like mirrors reality comes to it effortlessly we reflect it back like i'm seeing and building reality in a field of knowing mm. um and that's that's what this poem is about i am i am i have no words to express myself but all words express only me. I have no meaning, but impart meaning to all that is perceived. I am without beginning and end, but all things begin and end in me. I have no name, but am called by all names. I have no form, but all form indicates me. I have no origin, but am the origin of all things. I am without division, but all divisions exist in me. I'm skipping ahead just because every page is amazing. This is one that I like particularly. I am the unknown in the known and the known in the unknown. I am the love in hatred and the hope in despair. I am the same in all difference and different in the same. I am the isness of things and the emness of self. Mm, Beautiful. Yeah, right. The new music really ruined it. (laughs) Just kidding. This is beautiful. Isn't it gorgeous? Yeah. I love it. That was so lovely. Did you like it? Yeah. Thank you for sharing that. I mean, I could read it like the whole thing. It would take me four hours, but it's such a beautiful poem. It reminds me of the Tao Te Ching. Mm-hmm. Obviously, when you're talking about the Tao, you're talking about the same thing. You're talking about that indivisible, unborn, infinite awareness mm-hmm. that is who you are. Mm-hmm. That is the field within. He makes this point that all buildings have inside them the same space mm-hmm. in the same way that you and I have the same awareness, but we confuse ourselves as the walls of the building. Yeah, I love that one. Isn't that great? Yeah. And he also says... Sorry, one more thing. Everybody listening, try without taking off your clothes, weird, but without taking off your clothes, try and perceive the feeling of your naked body, like underneath your clothes. Mm -hmm. And you can do it. It takes a little shift to like sink a layer down into your naked body and to feel your naked body under your clothes. And it's a very similar shift when you go from thinking... I'm my thoughts and all that stuff. Can you just go one layer back to the screen upon which the movie of your life is playing? And that screen is awareness. Mm-hmm. And if you can identify as that, you see that that isn't changed by what's playing on the screen. Whatever is changing on the screen this in the movie, the screen is always the same. And that's who you really are. All of that is my paraphrasing, Rupert. So please yeah. buy 
being aware, being aware. Lovely. And also, while you're at it, keep, keep it, it crispy. Crispy. <laughs> I can't believe you said keep it crispy. I cannot believe you kept it crispy. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, everybody. I'm so crispy. I'm so crispy. My ice cream make you haters want to get me.